In episode 99, we talked about the foundations of boundary setting and interpersonal relationships and at work. Today, we discuss exactly how those play out in a camp setting, which we all know is a little different from other workplaces. Boundaries and summer camp are not mutually exclusive, and we can all be healthier by continuing to be students of boundary setting. This is Camp Code, another innovative podcast brought to you by Go Camp Pro. Camp Code is dedicated to helping you create and facilitate the most effective leadership training so we can raise the bar for professionalism and preparedness of our staff. You can find our show notes and our blog for summer camp leaders and directors at gocamp.pro. Do you ever feel like you're spending so much time at the office that you have no time left for camp? With UltraCamp, you can track attendance, manage staff applications, and streamline registration so you'll be back outside in no time. Find out more at ultracampmanagement.com slash campcode. Welcome to Camp Code, a podcast brought to you by GoCamp Pro. We have created and are dedicated to this podcast because we believe that staff training is one of, if not the most important part of your job as a camp director. Staff training is what prepares your staff to care for their campers, to feel confident in their skills, to do their jobs to the best of their ability, and to learn along the way. A well-thought-out and intentional staff training will help you in more ways than you can imagine. And we need to help each other bring our very best. Welcome to Camp Code, our 101st episode. We're going to start this new uh, century of episodes off by introducing ourselves. Ruby. Hey folks, I'm Ruby Compton. I'm the Chief Exploration Officer of Ruby Outdoors. My company supports and trains camp staff and other outdoor professionals all over the world. Thanks, Ruby. And Gab. My name is Gabrielle Real, and I'm one of the camp directors of Camp Waro. My pronouns are she and her. And uh, Camp Waro is an all-girls camp that focuses on creating a positive environment for gender minorities. Thanks, Gab. And I'm Beth Allison. I am co-owner of Camp Hacker and Go Camp Pro. My pronouns are she and her, and I am a camp consultant and trainer coming to you today from Woodstock, Ontario, Canada, where it's very, very cold. And my passion is building solid and supportive community. In the first episode that we did, two episodes back on boundaries, we talked about what personal boundaries are and how to be comfortable setting our own. Today, we're excited to talk about practical tips to help our staff feel confident in setting their own boundaries and respecting those boundaries of camp and their fellow colleagues. So Ruby, let's dive into this with you. What would you your first pieces of advice be? I'm going to encourage you to think about this idea, which is... Uh, kind of aside from boundaries, it's all connected. Trust me, we'll get there. But the statement of if I say yes to this, what am I saying no to? And I think it's really easy to set up that language when you're talking about if I say yes to working at camp this summer, what am I saying no to? And can we incorporate that practice at camp as well once our staff are there? So if I am saying yes to co-chairing the social events for staff uh, committee, what does that mean I'm saying no to? Hopefully that is not less sleep. Um, or, But it might be spending less time with your campers or less time in an activity area. And this idea that uh, if you've ever seen the meme, like 
even Beyonce only has 24 hours in her day. <laughs> like we can't invent time. So if we just keep saying yes to stuff, then ultimately you are making a choice about there are some things that you're saying no to, or another way I've heard this phrase is if you're saying yes to this, what are you choosing to suck at? And so uh, I, and I think about that a lot. I think about that every year when I sit down and kind of do my, um, my mind map of my year and, and, you know, my life and what things I put time towards. And the very first time I did that activity, what I discovered, I went in thinking, I'm going to get rid of some stuff. And instead, it made me draw these boundaries around the stuff that was already there. And I was like, oh, I love all of this, all this like crazy mix of things. I don't want to get rid of any of it, but it's going to empower me to say no to other things. So again, I think you can introduce that language to staff applicants. I think you could even ask that as an interview question. Hey, if you're going to say yes to working at camp this summer, what do you feel like Great you're going idea. to be saying no to? And get them to already, without even using the big scary B word of boundaries, get them thinking about what are some things they're opting into? What are some doors <laughs> that are going to be open, doors that are going to be more closed uh, for this upcoming year? And then I think you can take that conversation and extend it into training. Great way to start us off, Ruby. Thank you. All right, Gab, what about you? How are you helping your staff to create boundaries at camp? Well, I, I just wanted to say I, I really love that question asking your your staff members that I we we've we've asked it in a way where we've said um you know we're we're all you know at, at the beginning of camp we've all sacrificed something to not be here. What are some of the things? But I love this, like what are you saying no to? And and there's something about about that all together we've made the decision to yes be here but also it there's something that that allows staff members and myself included to know that we've also all um uh you know there, it's it's hard it's the sacrifice to be here and and so let's make it count um for my staff members it's it's letting staff members know um obviously we talk about front loading and setting expectations right from the beginning but what does it look like when um you need to um, ask for something or or change something. What does it, how how is your organization set up to help create um, a clear conversation when it comes around boundaries? And I think again, boundaries can be can be charged language, but um, we can talk about we can talk about comfort zones and we can talk about panic zones. Um, and and for our organization, we used uh, and I've mentioned this before the ACT program where we set the expectations for staff members at the interview process that it's expected that when they're at camp that they're that when they're aware of something that they're not happy about whether that be um the food that's being served to their co-counselor if they have a co-counselor to just feeling uncomfortable about maybe a task that they need to do that they communicate it to somebody that can help them and together that we come up with a solution and getting specific about what it looks like on the other end when you come forward, it's what it really looks like is that we want to listen to you. Um, we'll choose an appropriate time. If it's a longer conversation, if it's more than five minutes, then we'll set up a time. And that at the end of the conversation, both parties should feel um, much better, much like when you go to um, the masseuse and, and the massage therapist might press on a muscle point and it really doesn't feel good at first, but then it dissipates afterwards and it feels great. Both parties should be feeling that way afterwards. Like, ah, oh, we have, we have a, a solution to this issue. 
Great. The ACT program. We'll put that yeah. in our show notes as well. Mm. Like most things at leadership training, discussing the why of the topic and getting the input of the staff is always the best place to start for me. So you should be running a session on boundaries at leadership training, in my opinion. You can start it off with a game that involves lots of different kinds of boundaries. You could start it off by asking them, what are the boundaries we have here at camp and why? Um, They're likely going to give you some of the physical boundaries that you have, for example, when you play a camp-wide game and that they keep people safe or from getting lost. Um, But, you know, sort of get their mind into that concept uh, and make it a fun way to kind of start that off. And then I would get into discussion mode. Start with your whole group and ask them things like, what are the benefits of having boundaries? And, you know, you should hear things like they help with, um, you know, knowing your own limitations or asking for help when you need it or um, feeling more relaxed or, uh, which is a really important one at camp, reducing your stress and mental load and avoiding burnout. Um, But having boundaries also helps teach kids to set boundaries. So, I mean, this is a great and exciting thing to talk about boundaries at staff training. So get excited about it and share your enthusiasm that this is a really good thing. Then I would be putting on some great music and letting them walk around the room and record answers to what do healthy boundaries look like on many sheets of paper that you have already hung on the walls And you've given them all these great colored markers and everything. And then have them debrief that with the larger whole. So what do healthy boundaries look like? And after you've done that, I would ask them what healthy boundaries do for people. So it's really important for them to understand the positives of setting intentional and well-thought-out boundaries. So you want to hear answers like healthy boundaries help you to have uh, high self-esteem and good self-respect. It allows you to share personal information gradually in a mutual sharing and trusting relationship. Uh, It protects physical and emotional space from intrusion. It uh, helps you to have an equal partnership where responsibility and power are shared and obviously um, empowers you to make healthy choices and take responsibility for yourself and for your actions. I would next put them into smaller groups and ask them, what unhealthy boundaries are characterized by and then debrief those answers together. So, I mean, there's lots of different answers you're going to hear there, like sharing too much too soon or at the other end of the spectrum, closing yourself off and not expressing your needs and your wants. Or as we talked about in episode 99, feeling responsible for other people's happiness. Um, It could be, you know, weakening your own sense of identity. If you don't know what's good for you, you just sort of follow along. Um, Being how you feel about yourself and how others treat you. All of these are, are what unhealthy boundaries could look like. And there are lots more examples. But the word boundary as we talked about last time, can be a bit misleading. It conveys that idea of keeping yourself separate, but boundaries are actually connecting points because they provide those healthy rules for navigating relationships. So I would end off this part of the session by explaining that boundaries teach people how to love and care for us. Um, And it shows others that we can effectively communicate that we can ask for uh, what we want and what we need, and we can prioritize ourselves and our own projects, our work, um, which are great leadership qualities and tools that they will use at camp and in the outside world as well. 
And those are always uh, an important thing to teach during staff training. So I'm going to leave that there, but I do have more ideas um, for how staff can ponder their own personal boundaries a little bit later. But first, we're going to hear from uh, Ruby as she talks about the amazing sponsor we have on Camp Code. If you are attending any in-person conferences this spring, I want to encourage you to stop by and meet my friends at UltraCamp and chat about their camp management software. Tell them you're a Camp Code listener and how much you appreciate their support of this show. They really help make regular releases possible, so enjoy getting new episodes every couple weeks. Tell them a big thank you. And while you're at it, uh, make sure you check out their guides that they're offering. It is free. It's a download off their website called Five Unique Ways to Connect with Campers Outside of Camp. And whether you are looking at them as a software company or not, I encourage you to check out that document. And when you visit ultracampmanagement.com slash campcode, you can download that free guide and find out more about UltraCamp's powerful tools that put you in control of your camp management software. They uh, automate your billing, create custom reports, manage your hiring process, uh, communicate with customers and donors, and add in the efficiency of automation. And you have a platform that can be put to work for you. UltraCamp's goal is to provide resources so their clients can spend more time in camp doing what they do best and what they love. If all this doesn't sound like your registration software, don't you think it should? Visit their website, ultracampmanagement.com slash campcode and set up a time to chat or chat with them at those conferences coming up soon. I look forward to meeting you. All right, Ruby, what other pieces of advice? Have you got for directors or program directors who are planning for leadership training? How do we teach staff to have healthy boundaries? I have three things. I'm outlining them for you. (laughs) And before I even do that, I have a fourth thing that I want to throw out. One of the things you said, Beth, was of those questions you were asking about, what, what do healthy boundaries help? That's for for me. I wonder if the question, what do healthy boundaries hurt um, or I don't know, I could see something really interesting or being some interesting discussion Mm. about people thinking about like often when boundaries hurt, it's because of a boundary being set. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then like the fear that might come up from setting boundaries. I don't know. I just think there could be some really interesting conversation in that. So you might want to consider including that in a training session. If you were thinking about doing something like Beth was talking about. Um, another thing when talking about boundaries is to think about, this can be applied to anything, but, um, a boundary or, um, a relationship. And so that can be a relationship with anything, with a job, with a place, with another person. If you think about a relationship being not these two things intertwined together, but them being the space between these two things. On the last episode, I talked about describing boundaries using container language. And I think if we think about instead of a relationship, let's say, for instance, like a romantic relationship is where I first saw this model put forth. As if we think about like, there's person A and person B and their relationship is the two of them together. Well, no, actually, if we think about person A is over here and person B is over here, and it's all the space that's in between the two of them, they are both whole folks without the relationship. um, And that together they interact in this space and that can be a physical space or an emotional space. And so we need to talk about what that space is and what that container is. And so I think that's a nice framework for getting people to think about transitioning from, again, boundaries being abstract to boundaries being more 
concrete, not in their firmness, but in their your, our ability to grasp them and understand them. Another piece of language or a tool to help you in understanding and grasping and training on boundaries is language of consent. And inevitably, I know some camp director is sitting there going, if I train my staff on boundaries, like, are they going to be like, um, I have a boundary about working on days and then why? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel you, right? I'm nervous about it too. But I want you to think about, like I said at the beginning, you say yes to working at camp. There are some things you say no to. If you say yes to working at camp, there are some things you consent to. And there are also some things you are agreeing to cooperate with. And so that's the language that I'll typically use when a moment comes up and somebody says like, oh, I have a boundary around that. I'm like, cool, let's dive into that a little bit more. Um, and is your boundary a question of consent? Like, am I trying to do something to you that is making you uncomfortable or helping you, making you feel like you're losing a sense of agency? Or is it something you don't want to cooperate with? The whole group help cleans the cabin. So I'm sorry, you can't set a boundary around <laughs> I'm not going to clean the cabin because you're a part of this group. However, if I said you have to clean this cabin with your toothbrush, like obviously that is not okay and you have every right to set that boundary. So think about language of consent um, and the difference between consent and cooperation when we're thinking about living and working in community. And the last thing that I want you to think about it, and Beth actually sparked this idea uh, for me to share this idea from her last, uh, our last episode. She talked about um, a pastor, somebody who who uh, was a leader of a religious organization, um, and that I once heard a, a pastor at a church that I was attending talking about how there was a mentorship program for young ministers. And a lot of what they talked about was drawing those boundaries. It's a care-based, uh, service-based, servant leadership kind of based job. And it is really easy to, to find yourself defining yourself by that job. And, and those boundaries get really loose and like, and really permeable, I think is the way I would actually describe it. So uh, what if at camp you had some sort of system set up uh, for some boundary badassery coaching? You don't have to call it that, obviously. <laughs> the idea but giving folks an opportunity to have folks checking in on one another's boundaries and providing some encouragement there because it is a skill to be practiced. And even though I've been studying boundaries a lot more closely for a few years now, there are still times that I'm like, oh, this is going to suck, <laughs> or I don't feel good about setting this boundary, or, uh. And so having someone else validate, even just embracing the suck and that it's going to be hard, that can make it easier to step forward in setting that boundary. So uh, I know Beth has talked about wellies in the past um, and having, you know, buddies and, and whatnot who are checking in on each other. And I wonder about adding some sort of boundary check-in to the list. Love that idea. That's great. All right, Gabs, what about you? What good you act a good actionable with the check-ins and the coaching and everything. Mm -hmm. Um so so I think that I think it's important to acknowledge one that we're three women who who are talking about boundaries. And so I think for the perspective that I feel that when I'm speaking with other women is how much I have a hard time asserting my boundaries. And um, I've learned a lot of my boundary techniques actually from men, to be honest. And uh, in the sense of them feeling very comfortable, especially when it comes to volunteer 
spots saying, I don't have time for this, um, but here's somebody that I can um, you know, refer you to. I think that within our organizations, and I'm not saying that men don't have a hard time with boundaries, of course, you know, but I'm just saying that we're, we're we have a perspective of how do we teach staff members to speak up. I think we also have to um, teach also staff members how to receive boundaries, especially in in co-working, in co-working experiences. And what does that look like? And what language are we are we using? And I and and I think you know we talk about validating feelings. Um, and I know that some of my staff members are telling me that they're feeling um, annoyed and triggered by the language of I, I, I validate what, what you have to say is valid, but then nothing is done about it. So making sure that that we're one teaching uh, our all staff members how to receive somebody when they're coming forward, that it is difficult to maybe speak up for yourself, to acknowledge A, acknowledge that what they're doing is tough, but then um, B, that that there is, we need to figure out what to do about this. And, and not everything necessarily has a solution. We've, we probably, a lot of us that are certainly a lot of us that are on this podcast have experienced this, but perhaps a lot of you that are listening have experienced certain staff members that have asked multiple times and they take up all of your energy and nothing is good enough or everything can be shifted. And at one point, um, we, your organization is set up a certain way and perhaps we do need to make changes, but we can't make all of the changes immediately, you know, as we're running, you know, a large camp wide game or all of the kids are getting on the bus and we're, you know, driving up to camp. Um, camp is allowed to have boundaries as well. And that's why we emphasize so much at the beginning, setting expectations, front loading. Um, and, and then, and then of course, also, telling our staff that it's a value you are we value how you are doing how you are experiencing things this is how how conversations will go and then teaching also staff members how do we receive somebody when they come forward how do we show our support um and so i i think that to create a space where we do value boundaries um we also need to talk about our our reactions um within within the team when when somebody's coming forward and you know everything from like I, I'd like to have the lights off when I go to bed at night if if you're you know sharing a bunk with somebody or you know I don't feel like leaving the songs every single time. You know, there's there's certain things that that we can help staff members with those conversations and receive them well. Great. Thanks, Gab. I think for me, um, I'm going to go back to part two of this session that I've been dreaming about on boundary setting. It would involve having staff time to examine their own boundaries and ones they may need to tweak or add since now they have this new larger community. So obviously, there are going to be some different boundaries if you're a day camp versus uh, an overnight camp, just because overnight camp is there all around the clock. Um but you can use the frameworks that we talked about in episode 99 on boundaries, or you can create ones that work for your camp. But what you want, in my opinion, is, to, is for them to have time to get really clear on their boundaries and to like the reasons for the boundaries. You want them to feel solid and believe they're worthy to have that space and to believe that it's okay to say no. So why not try this exercise? You can get staff to make two columns on a page and down uh, the first half of the page, have them create a list 
of all the characteristics and qualities that they value in somebody. So honesty, kindness, um, and then have them turn to a partner and talk about how these qualities can make them feel. So they might make them feel loved or happy and so on. In the second column, have them go back to that on their own and write actions or qualities that make them feel uncomfortable, like being talked over or being yelled at or being in the middle of a... um, confrontation or or an argument and then have them share let's say with a different partner so they're getting to know each other better how these make them feel so they might make them feel devalued or hurt and I think this kind of an exercise will help them build their boundaries and now I would have them practice we always talk about practicing skills at leadership training so they get good at it so have each person implement one boundary so they could get with a partner and role play um, where the partner is saying or doing something from the other person's uncomfortable list like maybe talking about body image not that person directly um, but you know or politics in a very intense manner and then the staff member can then practice either saying their boundary or sharing it non-verbally like um, just not engaging in the conversation or changing the subject. Maybe you could do this a few times with different partners and different situations so that they can get better at it and more consistent. It'll be tough, this part. So um, the other thing that might be helpful is to have staff create a list of all the respectful ways you can say no so that folks can hear the language or visualize that example. And now would be a great time to get your people to develop a list of how to set boundaries with kindness. If it comes from them, it's going to be more effective. So this can either be done in small groups or a large group. But you want to include things like keeping the the focus on your feelings and your needs. Because setting a boundary is about communicating what you need and what you expect. You want them to be direct, specific, a neutral tone of voice, choosing the right time, and considering the other person's needs as well. So we all have to anticipate that people will screw up. So by creating phrases ahead of time that keep redirecting folks in a thoughtful and concise manner is really helpful, giving staff that kind of language, because a lot of times people may not get our boundaries the very first time. You're always teaching other people about your boundaries and how to treat you, whether you realize it or not. So we want to get staff to understand that they need to be intentional and thoughtful about them and proactive. And I would also strongly suggest that you cover the idea that boundaries are not about forcing anybody else to change. They're not about controlling anybody else. A true boundary is is about changing the way that we act or respond. And we can't just use words. We have to change our behavior. So I think that's important for um, for staff to understand. And the other thing that I, the last thing that I would also add to my training sessions is to remember that boundaries are shaped by a lot of different things, by our heritage or our culture or the region that we live in or come from, and whether we're introverted or extroverted or somewhere in between or our life experiences or our family dynamics. So we need to remember that as we learn and envelop our other staff members' boundaries. Um, And if you feel like staff might be comfortable with it, I would end that session with a sharing circle and have each staff member share one boundary they're comfortable sharing that will help them get the most from the summer and be their best selves. So somebody might say, um, you know, I, I need to put a boundary around people borrowing my things without asking me 
if you ask me that first, that's terrific, but I just, you know, just not taking things without asking. So if everybody gets a chance to do that, and if you have a really large staff, maybe do it in smaller groups, but at least they're sort of practicing saying out loud, I have boundaries. And then we're going to like celebrate those boundaries um, and to make them a positive thing. Gabrielle, do you have anything else to add? I was just jotting down um, some great notes here. I'm, I am good. This is, this is wonderful. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. Um, all righty. Well, let us head straight to our recap. All right. So it is recap time. And as usual, we have a, we've talked about a lot of stuff, particularly boundaries. And I would like to start with Beth. Beth was asking, let's start with our staff by asking them, why are boundaries important? Get them to connect with that information and also hear what is their knowledge when it comes to, or assumptions when it comes to boundaries and to, to also tap into that precursor of boundaries. Um, Ruby suggesting you know, in that interview process, what are you going to be saying no to this summer if you come to camp? And letting staff members know just by asking those questions, we are already setting up expectations that talking about boundaries is a-okay. Speaking of expectations, let's front load our job requirements so that when staff members do come to us and we have been very, very clear about what we expected and, and maybe they have some difficulty, we can go and get back to consent and say, hey, didn't we agree on this? What has changed for you? Just because, by the way, just because they said yes, doesn't mean that they have agreed now, but it does mean that we can say what has changed, what have we misunderstood, so that we are teaching them by practice what boundaries are. And remember, we also want to tell, we want to give opportunities to role play boundary conversations so that when somebody in the real experience of summer camp, when you do need to set those boundaries, especially between those peers, um, give those up opportunities for staff members to also be kind in receiving, validating uh, our staff members. I also really, really enjoyed what Beth was talking about in session-wise. We can ask our staff as a group um, with boundaries, what boundaries do we have at camp? What does boundaries, great boundaries, healthy look like? When uh, do we use those at camp? We can also ask our staff members to reflect. Why do I struggle with setting those boundaries? How can I help myself? How can I help others? How can and we role model healthy boundaries at camp for our uh, for our campers. Uh, this is our recap for today. Thanks, Gab. That was great. All right, how can you folks get involved? We are now into uh, uh, one hundred plus episodes, so you can tell us your thoughts on this or any episode by using the hashtag camp code. You can let us know any topics you'd like us to discuss or guests you recommend that we chat with and any great leadership training tips you have to share. We would love to hear from you. And if you found our podcast to be useful, we would really appreciate you leaving us a rating and review for us in your podcasting app. Your feedback helps keep the show going. So if you'd like to contact any one of us individually, this is how we do it. Ruby. You can email me ruby at rubyoutdoors.com. You can find me on Instagram at rubyoutdoors or on Twitter at rubylin85. Thank you. And Gabrielle. You can message me at info at waro.com, O-U-A-R-E-A-U.com, or you can follow me on Instagram at Gabrielle Rail, and Rail takes two L's. Thanks, Gab. And you can message me directly at beth at gocamp.pro or find me on Twitter at Topaz. And for our next episode, we're going to be talking about nine things you need to cover at leadership training that may surprise you. 
Now, our final segment on each podcast is, of course, a best practice for leadership training, and we would love to hear some of your memorable moments or your most effective tips. And again, you can tell us what they are using that hashtag camp code. And this week's best practice is going to be shared by Ruby. And this is a listener submission. Thanks for making my job easier today. I appreciate (laughs) you. Uh, So thanks to John D., who is currently the director at Camp Kadesh. And uh, this was shared by John. And this was actually a tip that came to John from a camp pro that many of you may know, Barb Whedon. And what Barb said is that in, 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 in any conflict, there are three types of people. There are blue people, red people, and gray people. And she said that um, red personality, red people in conflict are angry and aggressive. They often retaliate and they don't think before they speak. Gray people in conflict ignore it and pretend it's not there. And blue people in conflict are perfect and wonderful and kind. And uh, so as John said, as she shared this with me, she looked down at her shoes and said, this is why I always wear blue shoes to remind me that when others are being red or gray, that I need to stay blue. I now wear blue every day to remind myself of that. And I think this sentiment is very smart. uh, And not that it's always going to feel perfect when you're being the blue person in a conflict. Uh, But finding that common ground, and I think some of the boundary language we've talked about today could really come into play if you were the blue person in in a conversation. That's great. Thank you to Ruby and to Mm -hmm. our listener and to Barb Whedon Mm -hmm. um, as well. Three very smart people right there. Camp Code is part of the Go Camp Pro podcast network, and you can check out all our other podcasts at gocamp.pro slash podcasts. There are some great podcasts there, so we really encourage you to give them a listen. In fact, Ruby is going to tell us a bit about what she has listened to most recently. We know some of you folks that are listening are folks who own or operate or work at day camps. And even though the three of us don't necessarily specialize in day camp, we have a podcast for you. Did you know there's a whole podcast series that is designed for the day camp professional? The day camp pod is constantly tackling some of the industry's biggest questions, things that apply to all camps. Um, But things like cannabis at camp, they talked about in episode 63, or staffing for 2022 on episode 60. So you can join hosts Sam, Andy, and Tiff, and they also get awesome guests on as well. So, so many industry experts you can find on that podcast. Check it out, the day camp pod. Thanks, Ruby. And thank you to all of you from all of us here at Camp Code. Thanks for the listening, friends. Please remember, no other industry shares their best practices the way summer camps do. If you use an idea you heard on a Go Camp Pro podcast, please be professional and remember to give credit where credit is due. The Camp Code is brought to you by Go Camp Pro. Thanks for the listening, friends. Camp Hacker bringing your world into focus.